Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits, gotta get my kibbles and bits. No, I gotta get my podcast and bits, because we have a lot of bits to go over today on the Harland Highway. I'm Harland Williams, your host. Hope you're having a groovy, groovy time wherever you may be, driving your truck, sitting in your cubicle, working out on the treadmill, whatever you're doing, hanging in the pet shop with the jellyfish. Uh, today we're going to get to some some listener mail, some interesting letters coming in. Uh, always fun. Um, we got an incredible story about a hunter where things went horribly wrong and nature fought back. I love this story. Um, we're going to get into all kinds of animal stuff today, too. We're going to be talking about baby pandas. Um, we're going to be talking about giant lizards. We're going to be talking about uh, dinosaurs and the whole extinction thing and how that went down. And could it ever happen again? I hope not. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe it'd be the best thing. I don't know. What do you think? Um, so lots of cool stuff to ponder here today. Lots of topics. Like I said, we're going to get to your mail right out of the gate here. And have a little fun. I love getting your letters, and I love having you right here on the Harlan Highway. Welcome to the Harlan Highway. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. <laughs> Man, keep it going. Love the show. You're hilarious. My blue blanket, my blue blanket. Give me my blue blanket. Fasten your seatbelt. You're riding down the Harlan Highway. It's the Harland Highway. Have you checked the children? Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Reach right in and pull one out. Those letters. Oh, yeah, let's kick off the show with some letters, some wonderful letters. Here's an interesting one right out of the gate from a fellow by the name of John Caperman. Okay, I don't, you know, I never pronounce these names right, so get over it. Um... So here we go. This guy, uh, he goes, I have a suggestion for next topic on the po- on the podcast, Vaseline. What's its main purpose and what was it supposed to be? Did it turn into a sex type thing? Anyways, just thought, looking forward to that. Uh, give me a shout out. Ha ha. Thanks, man. Keep on rocking on. Well, what is that damn Vaseline stuff? What you doing, Dad? Got chapped lips out on the boat. Vaseline petroleum jelly helps take the sting out. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's get to the answer here. Let's uncover this. Uh, You know, I did a little research, and it turns out Vaseline is a brand of petroleum jelly owned by an Anglo-Dutch company. Uh, you know, their products include, uh, petroleum, jelly, skin creams, cleansers, all that stuff. Um, and Vaseline, uh, can be used as a body lotion. Uh, it can be used in, uh, intensive care. 
What, Roger? What is that noise? I don't know. I'm I'm hearing something in my headphones. Do we have a? Is is? Are we having a tech problem in there? No. 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 Okay. Well, I heard something. Hey, I'm just sitting here in the studio. Um. Let's see. It's uh. It's the uh, for the first known reference to Vaseline uh, was by an inventor, a guy named Robert Cheesebro in U.S. He, uh, I guess he got a patent for this thing in 1870, 1872. I have invented a new and useful product from petroleum, which I have named Vaseline. Roger, I'm telling you, I'm hearing something in my headset I here. Don't know. I'm trying to. I'm doing a letter about Vaseline, and I don't know if there's a wire loose or you're. Are you having a technical problem in the booth? No. Okay. Well, I keep hearing it. Um. Let's see. Um. the The word Vaseline is believed to come from the German word Vasa, which means water. Uh, and a Greek word, oleon, which means Oil. Ro- what is that? Roger, what is, what is that noise? You don't have to snap at me. Well, you okay, Whatever it is, can you stop it? I'm trying to uh, do this podcast here on uh, Vaseline here. Well, what do you want me to do about it? Let me get through this, man. Uh, in, in 1859, Cheeseboro went to the oil fields in Titusville, Pennsylvania, and learned of a residue called rod wax. There it is again. I just heard the noise. Uh, rod wax was uh, something that had to be periodically removed from oil rig pumps. The oil workers had been using this substance to heal cuts and burns. Cheeseboro took samples of the rod wax. But I... What is that? They took samples of the rod wax back to Brooklyn. He extracted the usable petroleum jelly and began manufacturing the medical product he called Vaseline. Um, and there you go. Uh, Vaseline can be used as a lubricant. It, all right, what is that noise? What was that? Hey, I'm just sitting in the studio. What was the big gasp all about? I don't know. All right, I'm going to another letter. This something's... Idiot. What you doing at, Roof? Helping to keep my skin smooth with Vaseline petroleum jelly. Who needs fancy creams? That was just creepy and weird. Let's let's go to another letter here. God, Roger, you're just odd. All right, here's a letter from Scott Williamson. Holy God, Scott Williamson. Here we go. He says, have you ever ranted on one-ply toilet paper? Love your podcast. I'm hooked. I was sitting on the pot the other day after listening to your podcast, and it's funny how you get to ranting on stuff like that so-called sport, soccer. And one of my rants is one-ply toilet paper. Why do they even make it? Can't remember you ever going off on it, so I thought I would prompt you. Have fun, and I'll be listening, Scott. (laughs) All right, Scott. Well... Let's get into it. Why, why do they have one-ply toilet paper? And what the hell is a ply? Does anyone know what a ply is? First of all, something called a ply should not be in your toilet paper. That sounds like it could hurt. Yes, how can I help you today, Mr. Johnson? Well, I got a ply stuck in my ass. How many? One or two? I think it's just one ply. 
but it hurts like a mother beep. I don't know what a ply is, but I think I guess it's the layers, the two layers. It's a, it's like a lasagna. You know how they make lasagna? <laughs> they put down like the layer of cheese and then the meat and another ply or another layer of cheese. You know, a four ply lasagna, right? So uh, maybe uh, toilet paper is just ass lasagna, right? Maybe uh, maybe uh, the meat between the plies. Is, no, I don't want to go there. That That's getting kind of disgusting. But, uh, yeah, maybe toilet paper is just ass lasagna. And what you got to do is instead of a, a one-cheese lasagna or a one-ply toilet paper, you got to step it up and get the four-cheese uh, or the four-ply ass lasagna wipe. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, hey, you wanted me to rant off on it, and I guess I just did. But uh, you're right. Your your butt deserves uh, your butt deserves more than just one ply. I mean, how much how much scientific work, how much research goes into one ply? If you wanted just one ply, uh, grab a sheet of paper out of your photocopier. Here we go. This how many plies is this? Well, it's just one. I guess I can use it. Paper cut! Paper cut on my ply hole! So, uh, you know, get the four-ply ass lasagna and uh, treat your ass right. Thanks for the letter, Scott. What are you doing, Mari? Smoothing on Vaseline Petroleum Jelly. Helps protect Mary from diaper rash all night long. Baby skin, lips, hands, too. Vaseline Petroleum Jelly. Well, there's your answer right there, Scott. Just put some Vaseline all over your uh, one-ply, and uh, that should even things right out. Now, let's switch gears. Uh, You know, we get a lot of funny letters uh, here. And, uh, you know, we also get some poignant letters. We get some serious letters. And here's one. uh, This is from uh, Veronica Rossi. And she writes, Hi, Har. Hey, I remembered something you said in a previous pod. You were referring to living forever. And then you said something like, How many times can you watch your pet get sick and die? Well, my little dog is dying. She has cancer. And tomorrow they will be putting her down. I just wanted to say thanks because somehow it emolomerates. Oh, God, she used a big word. I don't even know what this word means. Veronica. It am." M. Elloriates my feelings to know that everyone goes through the same anguish when a pet dies. And I know it a little pathetic getting so choked up about it when there are people with real problems, but that silly little dog worked her way into my heart. I know you probably didn't read this, but it just feels better to type it out. Well, you know what? I did read it, and uh, you got me with one big word. But you know what? It's uh, it's it's fun in life to talk about all things. Um, you know, we can laugh all the time, but the truth is, the other half of uh, laughter in life is tragedy in life. And maybe that's why I do this podcast is to help help people lift their spirits out of tragic moments and get back to the laughing side. But I did do a topic about one of my dogs dying. And I also got a, a very uh, sad letter from uh, another one of our listeners, a guy named Al Feldman, whose little dog passed away, and we're very sorry about that. Um, 
but just let it be known that one day you'll uh, get onto the big Harland Highway in the sky and your dog will be running down the center line right towards you and you can open your arms and uh, hopefully he jumps right in there and you are reunited. It, it is hard watching your dog, uh, your dog go. But uh, cherish all the good times you had with him, all the love and unconditional love and joy that that, that uh, darling little mammal brought you. And you know what? You can do it all over again with a new dog. You'll still go through the same uh, highs and lows and happiness and sadness, but you both benefit in the end. So, uh, Veronica, we're sorry about your dog, but... Uh, Enjoy the memories and on to happier thoughts. Uh, So there we go. We'll close up the mailbag on a bit of a somber note. But nonetheless, I hope it uh, helps bring a little closure, a little peacefulness. And uh, you know what? The best way to to ride that wave is to get back to laughing. We're going to jump right back into the more of that right here on the dog-loving Harland Highway. Let's close up. The mailbag till next time. Keep your letters coming, and uh, you can send them to harlowwilliams.com, and hopefully we'll get to yours. Come on, close it up. What's black and white? And all over. Yeah, baby pandas, man. Every time a baby panda's born, everybody throws a fit. Oh my god, another baby panda! Sweet god, it's a miracle! Everyone goes berserk every time a baby panda pops out of the oven, man. The other animals at the zoo gotta be pissed at this action. You know, like the albino hippos, like, you know what, man? Everyone used to come see me till those bratty little baby pandas showed up. <laughs> I mean, they're cute, but man, I don't I don't need to stop the world to see a little baby panda. Oh, here it comes. I can see its furry little head. Oh, oh, it's here. Come on, man. Jesus Christ, Super Panda. And I guess the big thing is these things don't know how to have sex. The adult pandas. That's the real problem. They're so bad at sex, it's a miracle every time they conceive. Show them some porno movies late at night in the zoo. Forget about putting them in their little cage with some bamboo to chew on. Send Jenna Jameson and Ron Jeremy in there to put on a little show for them. Oh yeah, get those pandas fired up, baby. And every time a baby panda pops into the world, it's not a front-page news story. Now, the latest news headlines. Yeah, Korea tested another nuclear weapon, but we'll get to that later. For now, three baby pandas born. Tonight, three baby pandas born in the middle of Tikrit. I'm Tom Brokaw, and I'll be back with those stories right after this. I'll see you tomorrow night. It's the Harland Highway.
Oh, how we love our critters, our little animal critters. Well, here's a headline that cracked me up. I think you'll get a kick out of this. Dig this. <laughs> I love it when nature fights back, man. Here's the headline. Wounded fox shoots would-be killer. Okay, this hand, this happened in Moscow over in Russia, for those of you who don't know what Moscow is. It's not a, it's not a dairy uh, animal covered in moss. It's a city in Russia. Uh, so here it is. A wounded fox shot its would-be killer in Belarus. That's the a town, I guess. By pulling the trigger on the hunter's gun as the pair scuffled after the man tried to finish the animal off with the butt, butt of the rifle. The unnamed hunter who had approached the fox after wounding it from a distance was in hospital with a leg wound. Well, the fox made his escape. Uh, They say the animal fiercely resisted and in the struggle accidentally pulled the trigger with its paw. (laughs) This is what one of the prosecutors says. Uh, Fox hunting is a popular thing to do in this picturesque farming region of northwestern Belarus, which borders Poland. Um, so how funny is that? Some jackass goes stomping around in the woods, sees a fox. Hey, you there, you there, come here. I want to kill you, yeah, you, turn around. I want to skin you alive and make a coat for my fat wife. Stand still while I shoot you. Boom. Guy goes over. Fox isn't ready to give it up. They get into a scuffle. This genius fox sticks his paw on the trigger. Boom! Shoots the hunter. (laughs) I love it. There's not much more comedy to add to that one right there. Um, I wish all animals would just pick up rifles and start fighting back with these hunters. Um Hunters really, uh, I don't know, man. They they, they think uh, there's some kind of justification. They call it a sport. I don't know if there's any hunters listening. You're probably not going to like me for saying this, but I don't know. Using a high-powered rifle to pick off a deer or an elk standing in a field grazing. Or shooting the crap out of a bear. I mean, it's just... I don't get it. It's not necessary. It's uh, it's just cruel and inhumane to me. So <laughs> I hope this fox goes out and opens, uh, you know, teaches a class at DeVry or something. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Shooting Humans 101. The first lesson is to grapple with the hunter, disarm him, grab his weapon, and quickly turn it on him. Pull the trigger four times. Well, the rifle is pointing squarely in the back of his head, it's always best to shoot the human's execution style. Thank you, and your homework for tonight will to be bring me two ears from a human for tomorrow. Thank you, we'll see you tomorrow. I mean, there you go. So be warned, all you big macho hunters that like to blast the shenundra out of animals. They're coming for you next, man. So it's on, playa.
Oh, listen to me. I guess I guess I have a soft spot for for animals, for nature. I don't I don't like uh, thinking of animals dying, but you know, if you think past over the billions and billions and billions of years, hmm. You ever think about how the dinosaurs died? Pretty hard to kill, like, 90-foot-tall lizards with sharp razor teeth. You figure something astronomical had to have happened. They say a giant asteroid, or a meteorite, or whatever you call it, Rosie O'Donnell, I don't know, something slammed into our planet, caused all this volcanic dust and ash to fill the air and block out the sun, and all the vegetation died, and then, of course, you know, the plant eaters died, and when the plant eaters died, the meat eaters had nowhere to go. But what's funny is, you know, you watch these uh, science programs on TV, and they say that it could happen again, man. They say that a, a, an asteroid or a meteorite could, could pummel the Earth, plow into the Earth, and do it all over again. And we don't even care. I mean, we care, but nobody's really doing anything about it, right? It's not like there's anything surrounding the Earth to keep us safe. I mean, shouldn't we put up a big giant salad bar screen or something? You know what I mean? Those things you have at the salad bar so you're... you're Boogers don't fall into the croutons. Should we have one of those up floating in space? So if a big-ass meteorite comes hurtling at us and bounces off and takes out Pluto or something? Oh, no, not Pluto. I didn't mean him. Oh, okay, watch what you say. Okay, easy, Mickey. I mean, I don't want to get hit by a meteorite. I don't want the, the, the dust to block out the sun. I got tanning to do, man. I got some poolside tanning to do, player. I got to go fishing, and I got to get out and do my recreational activities. I ain't got no time for no Armageddon, sucker. What's up? I'm going to go all bobblehead on your ass, asteroid. Asteroid. Yeah, I like the ass part. You blow up my planet, you are an ass. God, I love dinosaurs, too. They pop up in the weirdest places, though. You know, it's funny that at one point in time, they just roamed this planet freely. There was no men. There was no man-made uh, objects. It was just all nature. Can you picture this planet just all nature? Not one human being. The only thing that could really alter the landscape was probably a beaver, right? A beaver builds a dam. They could back up a river. They could flood a lot of acreage. But outside of a beaver, there's not much more out there that could really alter the landscape, right? So just imagine, no roads, no nothing, everything, 100% raw nature. God, can you have someone should that show I shouldn't be alive on Discovery Channel should make a time machine and come back in time to like the Paleozoic era and shoot an episode where where a family takes a wrong turn in a 100% nature. There is no help anywhere. I mean, that's almost mind-blowing to picture the landscape. Picture, picture, just look out your window where you are right now and picture nothing. Picture trees. 
giant trees and overgrowth and vines and jungle and birds and critters running all around. It's amazing when you think about how much we scarred the landscape, man. But getting back to dinosaurs, it's like they pop up in weird places. These majestic killing machines, you know, once just uh, wandered around, did their thing. And now, like at the Pittsburgh airport, they have one nestled in between the escalators. Okay, when you're going down the escalators to baggage claim, there's a big like T-Rex skeleton there. Okay. Or you drive by the car wash and there's like a a big clay, like roadside attraction, Brontosaurus. Or there's a Slappy's Pancake House. Come see our Stegosaurus out in the back. Free syrup, you know. It's just uh, almost uh, dishonoring the way that these kings of the of the planet, kings of the beasts are now nothing more than, like, uh, amusement. You know, you go into a museum, and there they are, all propped up, their bones all the, all the way to the ceiling. They're in their little uh, scenes, almost like a giant dollhouse. Like, they always have, like, a T-Rex skeleton facing off with a Triceratops skeleton. And you're like, wait a minute, what the hell am I looking at here? They're dead. How How can they be up you know, having a smackdown. And I'm like, why don't they do that with humans, man? I mean, are dinosaurs better than humans? Probably. But, you know, maybe instead of burying us humans, you know, you could put us put our bones out in the street and do like, uh, you know, street art or folk art or whatever it is. You know, have a scene of... Uh, you know, at a bus stop, you know, 20 human skeletons standing in line at the bus stop. How artistic. Or a couple of human skeletons with hats on sitting on a bench. Put a paper in their bony fingers. Or, uh, you know, a couple of human skeletons leaning against a wall. You know, that you, instead of statues everywhere, we could just have our own relatives. Hey, man, you see that uh, skeleton over there with the water coming out of its mouth? And then there's a statue of, like, um, fish all around it. Yeah. That's my Uncle Dave, man. Wow, he's cool. Yeah, he was a uh, fisherman. So they, uh, you know, they dedicated a skeleton uh, statue. Wow, you want to go throw some quarters at him? Up yours, man. That's my uncle. Sorry. So I don't know. Just a thought. Probably better than being buried in the ground. I'd gladly have my skeleton on display somewhere. Gee, let's see. Buried in a box under the earth and forgotten for eternity. Or I could be like standing as sidewalk art out in front of a 7-Eleven pretending I'm doing hopscotch. That's it. Put my skeleton in front of a 7-Eleven doing hopscotch. I love it. Why, that's splendid. Oh, yeah. I love me the dinosaurs. I actually think we still have one big giant lizard dinosaur left here with us. Outside of the, uh, you know, crocodiles and the alligators, there's one, like, land lizard. Uh, Yeah. Check, Check this out.
There was an item in the news where, like, a Komodo dragon. You know what these things are? There's these giant dragons. They're not dragons. They're lizards. I think they're, like, the biggest lizards. These things are, like, 9, 10 feet long. Live on the island of Komodo. I think somewhere near Indonesia or the Philippines. Their saliva's, like, lethal. If, if, you, if they bite you, the, the enzymes in their saliva will start to biodegrade your flesh. Ugh, that's how they, they help to digest their prey quicker and kill it. They, they sneak up on a deer and bite it. And their, their saliva poisons them. Poisons the thing they bite. And they slowly die and they find it and eat it. But the creepy part is, I guess they had one at a zoo. And this thing was a female Komodo dragon. Had no exposure to a male Komodo dragon. And the thing gave birth to three baby Komodo dragons. Alright, is that not a little odd? Does that not tell you that uh, nature has plans? That when all the human beings are gone, that the animals will repopulate and rejuvenate? Whether there's one left or a million left? That's creepy. Ooh, immaculate conception. I wonder if maybe uh, Jesus gave the, the baby Komodo dragons or God maybe maybe the second coming of of the son of God is, isn't in the form of a man God created all things right maybe uh, the, the second coming is in the form of a Komodo dragon it's possible that's not sacrilegious God created everything oh my god you imagine Jesus, the Komodo dragon. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Catches a fly out of the air. Oh, man. He doesn't like what you've been up to. He bites you and his saliva eats you alive. I'm sorry for sinning, dear Lord. Watch out. Nobody spits on you. Saliva. <laughs> Ooh, the saliva. <laughs> Pretty weird stuff, man. So who knows where it'll all end up. Uh, you'll have to ponder that on your own time because, unfortunately, this podcast is also now extinct. We are out of time. Uh, oh, boy. So very sad, Christopher Walken. Um, let me make a few announcements, as I usually do, before I go. If you uh, will indulge me, if you want to see me live in concert uh, in February, you can check me out February 11th through the 14th at the Irvine Improv in Orange County, California, the 11th through the 14th. So that's a Friday to a Monday. Uh, I'm going to be doing a rare Monday night show because it's Valentine's. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And then uh, later in the month, the uh, 18th and the 19th, I'll be at the Improv in Tempe, Arizona. And then the 25th and the 26th of February, I will be at the Hollywood Improv in Los Angeles on Melrose Boulevard. So it's an improv month here for me in February. Um, Great stuff. Uh, Make sure you pick up uh, the Harland Highway on Stitcher.com. 
Uh, you can listen to uh, the uh, podcast on your cell phone. There's a free app at Stitcher to help you do that. Don't forget to write in at uh, saveashark at gmail.com. And we will send you a form letter to help put a stop to the end of shark fin soup, which is killing millions of our sharks in the oceans and seas. And uh, don't forget to visit the uh, harlandhighway.com where you can uh, write letters to me and uh, maybe they'll make it into the next mailbag. Or you can call and leave a message at 888-500-2090. So much going on, it makes my bald head quibble. And I'm not even bald. Uh, So that's it, gang. And when I say gang, I mean chain gang. Um, Hope you had a good time. Loved bringing you the show today. Uh, And that's it. That's all we got. So until next time, chicken chow man. Who needs fancy creams?